Yeah. And again, uh, I love our brother John's words encouraging us to give and to live generously because we are a family and we support one another and we are praying into the new place God would have us go. And there are a couple of places, uh, one specific one that we're looking at that we're pretty excited about but we're trusting God to be the one to uh, provide for us, but we'll keep everyone posted on updates with that over the next couple of weeks. Por favor, sigan en oración por uh, el nuevo lugar donde Dios nos va a llevar. Hay un lugar en particular que queremos poner en oración. But uh, we know that God will provide. He always has for us as a, as a church family from just starting in a living room to then a little classroom to then a sanctuary to now a new home that the Lord is calling us to. But as our brother John says, the church is us, us, the people of God. And so we're confident that with Christ at the center and community around us, the church will continue. But we just are taking these steps of faith, these steps of hope, these steps of love, believing that he can bring it all together in the unique and wonderful way that only he can. Dios va a proveer para nosotros. And it's amazing all the different ways that you can contribute toward that. I just gave through a text message through 84321, and it goes directly into supporting all that God is doing here at Imago Church. And what Brother John was saying is in your bulletin, there's even a QR code there, and you could just put your, so your uh, smartphone over the QR code in the camera app, and it'll take you directly to online giving. Let's go ahead and uh, open up the Word of God. Vamos a abrir la Palabra de Dios to 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. Vamos a abrir las Escrituras a Primera de Juan, capítulo 1, versículos 3 al 4. And I will read a portion for us in Spanish and then the full verses in English. 1 John chapter 1, verses uh, uh, 1 to 4. And I'll read first in Spanish. Voy a leer una porción primero en español. Primera de Juan, capítulo 1, versículos 3 al 4. Les anunciamos lo que hemos visto y oído para que también ustedes tengan comunión con nosotros. Y nuestra comunión es con el Padre y con su Hijo, Jesucristo. Les escribimos estas cosas para que nuestra alegría sea completa. 1 John chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at our, and have touched with our hands, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and we testify to it and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and what we have heard so that you may also have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write all of this to make our joy complete. Amen. Let's pray. Vamos a orar juntos. God, we thank you that you're the only one who makes our joy complete. Te damos gracias, Dios, porque tú eres el único que hace nuestro, nuestra alegría, alegría y gozo completo. And Lord, um, right now we're just coming to you honest, humble, and open. Venimos ante ti honestos y abiertos. And Lord, we just pray that you would do a miracle. You're the God of miracles. And so would you continue to move in miraculous ways, in the ways we know that you can, Lord. Move in miraculous ways in our families here at Imago Church. Move in miraculous ways with us together as a church community. Muévete, Dios Santo, en maneras maravillosas. Lord, we know that nothing is impossible with you. Nada es imposible contigo, Dios Santo. And so, Lord, right now, we're surrendering unto you. We're believing 
that with you, all things are possible. As we sang earlier, Lord, we're taking you at your word that you, Lord, will be faithful, that you, Lord, will guide us through your presence, through your promises, and through your power. We pray, Lord, for all of those navigating sickness right now, that you would be with them, be their strength, be their healer, Lord Jesus. Dios Santo, pedimos por aquellos que están enfermos ahora, sánanos en el nombre de Jesucristo. Lord, we pray for all of those just going through emotional challenges, internal, external challenges, financial challenges, Lord God. Again, we pray to the God of miracles who was and is and is to come, Lord. God, we pray for um, those that have been caught up in storms throughout our state, Lord, especially up in the mountains. It's absolutely gorgeous when we go eastbound, Lord, toward those mountains, but we know that people are in need, especially those there in the area. Lord, provide for them, keep them safe, Lord, here and in Southern California. We pray for this country that needs you, Lord, so bad, and would you continue to use us as your hands and feet, as your people that point to you, that taste like Jesus, that taste like the fruits of the Spirit, God. Shape us and mold us and make us into Jesus' people wherever it is we are. And Lord God, we want to live and love as your people. Queremos vivir y queremos amar tal como tu pueblo, Dios Santo. And God, we're in this season of Lent right now where we're pausing, we're reflecting. So much, so many of us live our lives on the go, just in, const in constant hurry. But over this time, as we're preparing for Easter, we're pausing, we're breathing, we're resting in you, Lord. Help us to see your truth and your reality in everything we do. Ayúdanos, Señor, verte a ti y tu realidad en todo lo que hacemos, even in our work, even with our families, even in our school, even in our relationships, in our friendships, in our family dynamics, all of that, Lord God. Help us to see you there, even in the messiness, even in what's unclear, Lord. We invite you into all those spaces. Do something new, Lord God. We love you, and we pray all of this in the faithful name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, our Lord Jesus welcomes us with arms wide open. No matter how it is that we uh, come here this morning, our Lord welcomes us. Nuestro Dios nos da una bienvenida con brazos abiertos siempre tal como estamos. And today we're going to be continuing in this Lent series. Lent is this period of preparing for Easter. La cuaresma es un tiempo de prepararnos para um, el día de resurrección, la Pascua de resurrección. And as we're preparing for Easter in April, we've uh, been in this series and we're going to be on it through the rest of March where we're reflecting on how to grow closer in our relationship and in our friendship with Jesus. Estamos aprendiendo cómo crecer en nuestra amistad con Cristo. And this series is actually called Face to Face because we're learning from those who were closest to Jesus Christ. Because it's amazing, our Lord Jesus was actually here on this earth, and when he was here on this earth, he knew real people that surrounded him. El Señor Jesucristo cuando estaba aquí, estaba con gente de verdad que estaba con él. Some of those people that were around him were actually called apostles, the 12 that were with Jesus everywhere that he went. There were also disciples. There were men and women that followed Jesus in all the different seasons of his ministry. And all of these people, they were called friends of God. Todas estas personas que estaban con Cristo cara a cara eran amistades, amigos, amigas de Dios. So together, in this month of March, as we're preparing for Easter, we want to draw closer to Jesus so let's open up our minds and draw closer to the heart and the mind of the living God. Let's be open to what it means to becoming friends with God. Friends with God and community together. Let's be open to all that the Lord has in store for us in this season. 
And God has really called us to grow, to mature, to develop. Nuestro Dios nos llama a crecer y madurar espiritualmente y en carácter. So I pray that in this season, as we're preparing for Easter, we would do what we like to call here at Imago a disciple shift. Let's make a shift in our discipleship. We're making discipleship the center of what it means to be on mission together here at Imago Church. That's what it means here. We all grow closer to Jesus together forever. We grow closer to him. No matter what season, what stage we may be in, in our walk with God, we're all growing closer to Jesus together and moving in that direction closer to him forever. And so in this season, I want you to ask yourself, how can I grow closer to Jesus? ¿Cómo puedo crecer más, más, más cerca a Cristo? What does it mean to follow Jesus with passion? Maybe you did follow with passion at one point, but something happened at one point. It plateaued or it got uh, into a routine. But what if in this season, Jesus is inviting you to follow him with that passion once again, with that commitment once again. ¿Qué tal si Cristo te está llamando a ti para seguirlo a él con una pasión y un compromiso nuevo? To go the next level with him. Commitment, dedication, trust. Discipleship is each person's relationship and journey with Jesus. Jesus calls us to follow him, and as we follow him, we will experience different stages of growth in our discipleship. El discipulado es nuestro camino con Cristo, y hay diferentes niveles en nuestro camino de discipulado. So here are some of the different stages of growth in our discipleship journey with Jesus. Some of you have heard of these before, some of you haven't, but let's go through them together. Stage one is actually, um, uh, is stage one is to connect with God through relationship. And that's okay if we're in that stage, whether we're younger, whether we're older, whether we've been in, in church for a season, maybe right now you're taking that step of commitment to actually connect with God through relationship. And you're going to experience transformation as you respond to the Holy Spirit in your life. So stage two is then growing and maturity, right? Just like in a real human life, a baby is born, and that's wonderful. It's beautiful. But the purpose of the baby being born is to grow. That baby needs to grow and mature and develop if that's not happening, then we need to re-examine what we're doing, right? The purpose of us being born in Christ is to grow and to mature. And that's going to look different ways, but it's going to be authentic living and relational involvement with the people of God, the church. The way that we actually show our commitment to God is through our commitment to each other. It's not just, oh, well, I'm just doing my own thing here and God understands. Yeah, God understands, but he's given you instruction to go be with the people of God, to love them, to care for them, to grow with them. And the way that we show our love and commitment for God is through our love and commitment to each other. As it says in 1 John, how could you love God who you don't see but despise your neighbor, your brother, your sister who you do see? It doesn't work that way. God sets the terms. Growing and maturing by loving and being committed to God's people. Then stage three is serving. Serving others joyfully out of a heart of gratitude for God. So when you hear Brother John or Danny or Lisbeth or others asking people to serve, to go that next level, they're not just asking for help. Yes, we do need help. But we're asking us all to contribute so that we grow as disciples. Because as you serve, you will draw closer to Jesus. As you serve the family of God, you will grow in your spiritual maturity, in your character, in your Christ-likeness. So that's a, that's a part of it, stage three. And then stage four is multiplying. God calls us to multiply and to bear fruit. 
We multiply when we embrace our own God-given shape and our own God-given spiritual gifts. Each one of us is created with unique spiritual gifts and unique abilities. And we multiply that when we give it all for God's glory and we pass it on to others. We equip and we empower others with those spiritual gifts as well. We use them for God's glory and we multiply disciples. Now, in order to multiply the disciples, then you need to be a disciple. Para multiplicar discípulos y hacer discípulos, uno necesita ser un discípulo. Why do I say that? In order to multiply disciples, you need to be a disciple. Why? Because you can only multiply who you are. And that goes the same for parents. That's for us here in the, in the family of God. You and I can only multiply who we are. We can't multiply what we say. We can't multiply our best thoughts or our best in- intentions or things that we plan to do. We can't multiply that. We can only multiply who we are. Solamente podemos multiplicar quien somos. That's why Jesus himself, he says how we will know his disciples. In Matthew 7.20, and I think we have it right up there. You can write it down. Matthew 7.20, our Lord Jesus says, Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Por medio de, su, de, de, de los frutos, los vas a reconocer. Isn't it amazing how Jesus isn't fooled? Even by good religious people, right? Because we know how to, how to, you know, put on face, how to act, how to talk a certain way. He doesn't say it's by their Bible knowledge, it's by their religious knowledge, or it's by how much they do this or how much they do that, or how they appear or what their title is. No, he says none of that matters. It's by their fruit that you will recognize them. Es por su fruto que los vas a reconocer, aquellos que están permaneciendo en Cristo. You and I, we're called to bear fruit. We're called to be reflectors of Jesus in our lives, our words, and our actions. So in 2023, we're proactively making this disciple shift. In our journey with Jesus, let's learn something new. Let's go a different way than the way that we've already been going or enhance the way that we've been going. At Imago Church, we exist to be disciples who make disciples, who make disciples, who make disciples. That's why we exist. To gather, to build up, to send out, to multiply. To reflect Jesus Christ in our lives, words, and actions. Worship through praise and fellowship, all of that is essential. That's a time of celebration that we have here every single Sunday as we celebrate all of what God has done Monday through Saturday. So our life with God, Monday through Saturday, that's our discipleship. Sunday is celebration, and it's building up, but then it's sending us out once again in our journey with Jesus. That's who we are. We're the family of God carrying on the mission of Jesus, drawing closer to Jesus forever as witnesses of God's good news, the gospel. We're a sent community empowered by the Holy Spirit to reflect the kingdom of God. Nosotros vamos a reflexionar el reino de Dios por nuestras acciones y nuestro fruto. So each of us, you know, we're looking for a new church facility. God will provide. But we all have a new address as the people of God. Tenemos un, un, una nueva dirección como el pueblo, pueblo de Dios. Our new address is not only here in the Central Valley or in California, but our address is the kingdom of God in Christ. We are Imago Church, and we live in the kingdom of God in Christ. Each one of you, right, by name, uh, Alma, Al, John, we belong to the kingdom of God in Christ, wherever it is that we go. God proclaims this love in action through the person and work of Jesus Christ, that those of us who believe in him would have 
new life with God. New life with him. Today, here and now. No matter what's happened, no matter if you took another course, today you can come back and experience new life with God. And that new life, it's not meant to be lived alone, but here, in community. And that community is called the church, the family of God. That's you and me. Regardless of whether we're new to church or have come back to church or have been away for a while or have been part of older churches, younger, rich, poor, all of those in between, big or small, in person or just online, all of that, we are the church, the people of God. And our task is to grow and to point others to God's good news, the gospel. We are the family of God. That's even, you know, part of why we have certain names for God. The name Father is a name of God. We're his family. He's our Father. He's our good, good Father. Dios es nuestro Padre. El Padre es un nombre de Dios. Somos sus hijos e hijas. Everyone has a family, even God. And his family is called the church. That's you and me. And I love how Families come in all kinds of shapes and sizes and ages and seasons, and it's very beautiful. God uses all families to reflect his purposes. Um, a couple of years ago, Charlotte and I went on a date night, and I say a couple of years ago because since we've had a baby, right, there's been no date night, none of that. Maybe there in the kitchen, someone falls asleep, then wakes up in the middle, yeah, all that. Those are our dates now. Super romantic, right? But um, it's a season. But years ago, we used to have date nights. <laughs> and, when, and when we went uh, once to this movie, it was really life-giving. It was really fun, just me and her. And um, we, we watched this, this movie called Instant Family. Maybe some of you have seen it before. It's about uh, uh, the foster care system and a family that adopts kids. It, it's really sweet, actually. You should check it out. But in the poster, it says instant family. This is the recipe for instant family. This is the recipe that makes a family. Just add chaos, laughter, awkwardness, mistakes, and love, and you get family. <laughs> Does that sound familiar? Everyone has a family, even God. And he loves us just as we are with the awkwardness, with the mistakes, with the chaos. Our good, good Father, he, he smiles and he receives us back just as we are. So we are the family of God. And to break that down a little bit, the church is actually us. It's Christians. A Christian is someone who places their faith and functional trust in the person and work of Jesus Christ. The early Jesus followers, those who were actually with Jesus face to face, they actually at first didn't even have a name. It wasn't until the, the book of Acts in chapter 11 in the church in Antioch, which is in Syria, that they actually first were called Christians. Up to that point, they didn't have a name for this group of followers. They actually called them Christians because Christians just meant little Christ. There were just these little Christs running around everywhere, and Rome, who was the power and authority at the time, they didn't know what to do with this, these people, these, uh, these, these gospel-centered, these multicultural community. They didn't know what to do with them, how to categorize them, so they just called them Christians. And Christians just means little Christs, just these little Christs running around everywhere. You and I are little Christs continuing to run around, walk around in the spaces, in the jobs, in the schools, in the environments that he has called you to. You're called to be a little Christ, a representative of Christ. You know, just like the early followers of Jesus, they didn't have a name. Some of you know this. After you, you have a baby, a baby actually doesn't have a name for a few days, right? Because you don't fill out any of the documentation until maybe day three or, or whatever it may be, until the person comes with the record and then you have to officially uh, give the, the child a name. 
But before that, a, a new baby doesn't have a name. And I think of our, our latest child, uh, Leander, who's now eight months old. But when he was first born, he actually um, was, uh, he, he, he didn't have, in his little baby bed, all it said there was baby Coro. He didn't have a name. In the same way, when those that were following Jesus originally, they didn't have a name. They didn't call themselves Christians. But a Christian was someone who placed their faith and trust in Jesus. And again, the Roman Empire, those that were uh, around them, they didn't know what to do with them, so they just called them Christians, little Christ. So what does it mean to be a Christian? What did those early followers, those who were with Jesus face to face, what did they understand about what it meant to be a little Christ? ¿Qué significa ser un cristiano? First, in order to understand what something is, we have to understand what something isn't. So let's start with what isn't a Christian. So a Christian is not just a, a set of social customs. Ser cristiano no es solamente costumbres sociales. Being a little Christ, a Christian, is not just a list of do's and don'ts. No es solamente una lista de reglas de hacer esto, no hacer lo otro. The Christian faith actually makes the claim that God has come to us. Nuestra fe um, nos dice que Dios ha venido a nosotros por medio de Cristo. God has come to us, and the way that we respond to that event of God coming to us, that changes everything. The early Christians that were with Jesus in person, they used different language for this to describe the process of responding to this new reality in light of God revealing himself fully through the person of Jesus Christ. That is what they called the new life. Esta es la nueva vida con Cristo. And in the new life, we learn Christ, not by doing more things, but by being in Christ. Vamos a crecer espiritualmente, no, no por medio de hacer más cosas, pero por medio de permanecer en Cristo. So again, we're going to grow spiritually when we abide in Christ. Not just by a big list of do's and don'ts. That's not how it works. To follow Jesus is not a question of more doing, but to follow Jesus is being in the new life. And these early Jesus followers, they, they became revolutionary, amazing in their courage. We still talk to, about them today, right? These early followers that were with Jesus face to face. Estos apóstoles que estuvieron con Cristo cara a cara. Todavía hablamos de ellos ahora mismo. Cambiaron todo el mundo. They changed the entire world. Even here, right? In our, in our own uh, state of California. Several places named after some of these apostles. We have uh, St. John's uh, Highway or Parkway here in Visalia, Right? That's named after the Apostle John. San Pedro in Southern California. Yeah, that's named after, well, someone's from San Pedro. I don't know who, but someone hollered out there, but that's great. Um, so many places still named after uh, these early followers of Jesus that were with him. They had a new boldness. They, and the way that they got to that point was actually through imitating Jesus. They imitated Jesus. They imitated the one who kept going, who took the cross, who kept going when he encountered death. They imitated the one who kept going through life, death, and resurrection. These early Christians that were with Jesus face to face, they were able to reflect Christ by imitating Christ. Estos uh, seguidores... Um, Antiguos de Cristo que estuvieron con él cara a cara uh, crecieron por medio de imitar a Cristo. I love how the Apostle Paul in the New Testament, he talks about this. He says this is the key to spiritual growth. This is the key to spiritual maturity. Paul says, be like me as I am like Christ. Imitating Christ, reflecting Christ. In our lives, our words, our actions, that will be the key to going the next level in our spiritual growth. 
And this actually has a word, this idea of imitating Christ. Esta, esto tiene palabra, la imitación de Cristo. And this word is actually called Talmudi. And we can put it up on the slides there and you can have it in, in, your, in your notes. But Talmudi is the Hebrew word for discipleship. And the Hebrew word for discipleship, Talmudi, is actually the exact same word for imitation. Discipleship and imitation are the exact same thing. According to those who were with Jesus early on, they didn't distinguish the two. They didn't think discipleship was just a bunch of knowledge and information that we memorized and then regurgitated. No, they knew that discipleship was to imitate Christ, to do what Jesus did. You know, there's this book by this author, I think I've talked to you uh, about him before, uh, I really enjoy his work, that he's, he's gone to all of the Holy Land, to all the places in the Bible, and he's given just a, a, an amazing perspective on what it was to be in the places where Jesus was. But he has this book called Collecting the Dust of Your Rabbi. And um, what he means by that is that what it means to be a disciple is to be someone who collects the dust of your rabbi. A rabbi is a teacher. Jesus is our teacher. And that is discipleship. When Jesus moves, we move. We walk behind him as he leads the way. So when you think about some of those early followers who were with Jesus, those apostles, they all walked together, but the way they walked together was kind of like in a triangle where Jesus was in front of them and they all walked behind him. They all walked behind him almost as if Jesus had a posse, right? Because that's actually what the, the tradition was. The rabbi would walk in front and the disciples would walk behind the rabbi. And most of the places that they were walking through, you know, they were unpaved. They didn't have cement like we have today. So when they were walking behind him, a disciple in this model of discipleship of Talmudi, they were required, they were, uh, as they were walking behind their rabbi, they were collecting the dust of his or her rabbi, of their teacher. This is because the purpose of discipleship is the imitation of Christ. It's Christ-likeness. And the fruit that we're going to be looking for is to taste like Christ. El fruto de nuestra vida va a ser probar, uh, tener el sabor como Cristo. So if you don't have any dust on you, if there is no messiness in your life, then you maybe need to ask if you're actually following our Lord and teacher Jesus. Are you actually following him everywhere that he goes? Because he goes into some messy, uncertain, sometimes things that can feel uh, unsafe situations, but he calls us there and he will guide us. Are you collecting the dust of your rabbi? Are you allowing Jesus to enter into that messiness in your life? However complicated it may feel for you, are you inviting him into that? If we're not, then maybe we need to ask ourselves, are we actually following our Lord and our teacher Jesus in that triangle shape like I mentioned where he goes in front and we go behind? Or are we actually trying to go ahead of our teacher? Are we trying to go ahead of our Lord Jesus or are we trying to move to the side and be our own rabbi, our own teacher? As disciples, our job is to follow Jesus. Our job is to collect the dust of our rabbi and to imitate Jesus. He moves, we move. He goes, we go. He stops, we stop. I wish we could even uh, have an illustration of that here so you guys can see what that looks like. But a good example of it is, again, this, this writer, Ray Vanderlaan, 
who wrote this book, uh, Collecting the Dust of Your Rabbi. He's from the state of Michigan, and he took regular trips. He would take people from all over the country to the Holy Land, to the places where Jesus actually walked. They would go there together, and he would show them on this road Jesus walked, on that mountain Jesus climbed. You could imagine, this is where Jesus got baptized. How Imagine how powerful that would be. But he would take them to the Holy Land, and he really tried to explain to the people the difference between Talmudi, which was Jesus' discipleship, the way the 12 disciples, the apostles got trained was through Talmudi. They didn't go to seminary like me, right, and just get a bunch of knowledge. They didn't go have church every Sunday, although that developed later, and they all became leaders in that. All they had was Talmudi, which was imitation. Ray Vanderlaan would try to teach people the difference between Talmudi and the modern American version of discipleship, which sometimes some of us, when we think of discipleship, we think of information or doing the right things or saying the right things or not, 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 not uh, crossing certain boundaries or whatever it may be. And yeah, that could all be part of wisdom, all part of maturity, but that's not the end goal. So Ray Vanderlaan, he would take tourists around everywhere in the Holy Land, and he'd, he'd tell them, remember, no matter what, we're practicing Talmudi. We're practicing imitation. You need to experience what the early followers, those who were with Jesus face-to-face, what they experienced. And he'd take them to tourist spots, and then around the fifth day, he would take them to the Dead Sea, which is the sea that's full of salt. It's the saltiest sea in the world where you can actually float. If you just put your arms back, you'll, you'll float up because it's so much salt in there. And around the fifth day, Ray Vanderlaan would take them to the Dead Sea and he would test them and teach them Talmudi. And he would say, okay, now we're going to practice what it means to follow Jesus in the way the early followers did. So he would go into the Dead Sea And when he would enter, he would intentionally go in there straight and he would would turn around and he would say, follow me. And together, let's practice Talmudi. And he would intentionally go into the Dead Sea without removing his boots or his socks or changing into swimming clothes. Instead, he would just say, walk in and follow me. And almost 100% of the time, what would people do on the trip? Tourists like us, right? They would get excited, but then they would immediately start removing their shoes, removing their socks, getting into swimming clothes. But every single time, Ray would stop them and he would say, no, no taking off your shoes, no changing. That's not Talmudi. Talmudi is following, imitating, no matter what. No matter how strange it may seem, no matter how odd the calling may be, you follow, you imitate. He moves, you move. He goes, you go. He stops, you stop. He goes into the Dead Sea, you go into the Dead Sea. Following and imitating, even when it didn't make sense. That's still part of the call of Jesus today. That's what we can learn from those who were with Jesus face to face. They followed, they imitated him, even when it didn't make sense. Remember, when they were following and imitating Jesus, there was no resurrection. He hadn't even taken the cross. So imagine how odd that was to follow this teacher who was telling them that he would come, he would die, he would rise again and save all of humanity. They didn't understand everything, but what did they have? They had Talmudi. They imitated. They followed, even when it didn't make sense. They didn't give up because they saw that Jesus didn't give up. They kept going. They endured. They persevered because Jesus kept going. He persevered. They followed and trusted Jesus no matter what. That's Talmudi. Today, God is inviting us 
to continue to enter into that special connection, that special relationship with him through Talmudi, through imitation, through trust. Friend, brother, sister, whether you're younger, whether you're older, whether you're in school, whether you're new to the church or have returned or have been in the church for quite some time, I guarantee you this. If you want to know God more intimately or whether or not you want to know whether God is real or not, then I invite you to simply practice imitation. Practice Talmudi. Practice imitating Jesus for a season Do as Jesus did. Trust as Jesus trusted. Walk as Jesus walked. And you will see your life transformed. You will experience a renewing of your mind through imitation. Knowledge will only take us so far. Imitation of Jesus will take us to a whole nother level And at the very least, I guarantee that you will know God better by the end of this season of imitating him. You will know God more more intimately by imitating him. And the truth is that imitation is actually an action, right? We can always think of excuses, of arguments, We can ignore, we can deny all the reasons why we shouldn't be doing what we should be doing. But imitating is not an argument. It's not a back and forth. It is an action. God calls you to go, go. God calls you to move, move. No ifs, ands, or buts. That will take us to the next level with him without thinking if it's practical, <laughs> without thinking if it's what, what, uh, what I would do in that situation or what you would prefer to do. No. Talmudi imitation takes us to the next level by next level trust. We follow well by imitating Christ. And that's part of what those who were closest to Jesus, that's what they knew. They weren't going to figure out Jesus. Imagine if they wanted to be like, you know, some of us today, right? Of like, oh, no, I'm not going to go to church. I'm not going to walk with the Lord until I figure all this out. No, they didn't do any of that. Their lives were still very messy. But they followed him. They imitated him. They went with him wherever, wherever he went. And guess what? Jesus did the rest. You can't do it. He's going to do it in and through you. But what he calls you to do is to follow him, to imitate him. Nuestro Dios te llama a imitarlo, a seguirlo, pase lo que pase. Through imitating and trusting in Jesus, you will learn all kinds of things about God. You will learn all kinds of things about people. But I guarantee you that you will grow in your maturity. You will grow in your passion for God by imitating Jesus. That's the key to growth. Talmudi, imitating Christ. I'll tell you how you won't grow if you're not interested in growing. You will not grow by obsessing in your fear. You will not grow by obsessing in your stress or in your insecurity or in trying to figure it all out on your own, you will not grow. That will hold you back. Because here's the truth. And I love how Jesus makes this very clear, right? The truth is we're all insecure. We're all stressed about different things. The difference is that some of us hide it better than others, right? We saw the same with the 12 apostles with those who were closest to Jesus, they were all very insecure. They were all anxious. They were all competing. They were petty in different ways. But they followed Jesus and he did the rest because our true security is in Christ. In this life, we will go through challenges. We will go through seasons where we want to give up. Guess what? So did Jesus. Jesus went through those seasons. 
But if we imitate him, he takes us to the other side. Jesus says, is the teacher greater than the master? No. Jesus went through it. That means that we're going to go through challenges. That means that we are going to have ups and downs and carry our crosses, but he will be faithful. Self-talk won't do the trick. You trying to convince yourself at night with just those thoughts that don't let you sleep, how's that going for you? All all you're going to do is just lose sleep. It's not going to change anything. Spiritual maturity begins with resting and abiding in Jesus and in action imitating Jesus. Not just in concept, but actually living out the truth. You know, part of truth is knowledge, but the greater point of the gospel is that truth goes beyond knowledge. We're invited to living truth, to taste like Jesus, to reflect Jesus in our lives, words, and actions, to be who he created us to be. And when we fall, when we fail, when things get like too much, here's my suggestion. Accept the truth and draw near to God. That's it. When you fall, when you lose your way, just accept the truth, dust yourself off, and keep following him. Keep going. Keep following his lead. Keep collecting the dust of your rabbi and give all that dust, give all that messiness to him. And that's actually what humility is. Being honest about who we are. Who who are we? We're both broken and we're blessed. And we need to be honest about who God is, who is God. God is gracious and patient. Humility is what takes place when we encounter reality. And just to be clear, humility is not humiliation, but real humility leads to honesty, to growth and maturity. Maybe that's where God is calling you today. Maybe your next level is to humble yourself before God, to be honest, to grow, to draw near to him. As disciples, as followers and imitators of Jesus, we are free to follow and we are free to trust. He created us for that freedom. Nuestro Dios nos creó para libertad en seguirlo a Él. That's what it means to be a Christian, to be a little Christ, to have Jesus' story as my story, story, and then we can live into that story together. Eso es lo que significa ser cristiano, es tener la historia de Jesucristo como nuestra historia. I'll end with this. I love one of my favorite definitions of discipleship. It's something my good friend Chad, he's based in Florida, but he, he goes around the country and does different um, leadership talks and whatnot. He's going to be in California next Friday, so I'm looking forward to hanging out with him, but... This is what my friend Chad says. He says, to be a disciple, and we have this up on the, on the screen and you can write it down. To be a disciple is to be someone who is moving closer to Jesus forever. To be a disciple is to be someone who is moving closer to Jesus forever. Wherever you may be, as long as you are moving closer to Jesus forever, you're a disciple. No perfect people allowed. He calls us right where we are, just as we are, and takes us where we need to be. So friends, brothers, sisters, whatever you're going through, keep going. Don't get stuck there. Keep going and keep moving closer to Jesus forever because he will be with you forever. He will guide you. He will clear your path. Because he lives, we also will live. Because he has a future, we also have a future. Just as the old song says. So today, my hope, my prayer, is that we can all commit to this today as we close in prayer. May we, just as those early followers of Jesus who were with him face to face, may we boldly and calmly in all of our highs and all of our lows, may we be a people 
who move closer to Jesus forever. Let's pray. Señor, te damos gracias. We thank you, Lord, for your grace, for your love, for your way that is not our way. Te damos gracias, Señor, por tu camino, que podemos ser llamados discípulos, que nos arrimamos ante a ti, Señor, por siempre, por la eternidad. Lord God, would you draw us near to yourself forever? Give us courage, Lord, to live into true freedom, to imitating you, to following you, even when we don't have it all figured out, even when it looks a little messy and unclear. Give us that next level faith to say yes. Yes, Lord. May your will, not ours, be done. We're always going to try different coping mechanisms, different excuses, like negativity, like being pessimistic, being discouraging. But we know, Lord, that all of that is just a mask of fear. That's when we're afraid to let go and let you be God in our lives. So, Lord, I just pray that you would give us that sense of faith, of courage, of peace, of comfort, to let go, to follow, to imitate, to collect the dust of our rabbi, of our teacher, and then give that dust, give that messiness back to you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord that you call us to yourself. And we will do exactly what you call us to do, Lord God. We will abide, we will rest, we will rejoice in you. Thank you, Lord, that you didn't give up. That means that when we follow you, we will not give up when we imitate you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you endured. So that means as we imitate and follow you, we also will endure. Thank you, Lord, that you always make a way. Te damos gracias, Señor. Give us courage, give us joy. Give us love, give us peace, give us patience. Stamp on us the fruits of the Spirit that we're never just going to learn through knowledge and information, but only through imitation, through Talmudi, to moving as you move to going as you go, to resting as you rest. Thank you, Father, that you're doing something new in this community and through the families and individuals represented here. You're calling us to be a people that draws closer to you forever. Help us to take that step toward you today. Ayúdanos a tomar ese paso ante ti. Hoy, Dios Santo. Help us to be a people. May Imago Church be known as a community of imperfect people worshiping a perfect God who move closer to Jesus forever. Amen.